All right, hello and welcome back to the Sticks Golf Roundtable. This week we are talking about Michelle Wee West, a very polarizing uh, human in golf these days. Now does some broadcasting and just announced her retirement, but we're going to do a deep dive into her career, how good she was as a junior, uh, her struggles or goals of playing on the PGA Tour instead of the LPGA Tour and playing against the men, and then and then her massive triumph at the U.S. Open just a few years ago. So, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. But before that, an ad read from our title sponsor, Swing U. Swing U Premium, the world's most comprehensive golf game improvement app with the industry's easiest-to-use on-course GPS, scorecard, strokes gained, and stat features. With the world's easiest-to-use strokes gained stat system, you'll receive a relative handicap for driving, approach shots, chipping, pitching, bunker play, and putting. Whether you're on the course or at home, premium subscribers get anytime, anywhere access to Swing U's massive on-demand library of lessons and drills from world-class golf instructors. Join Swing U Premium today and start shooting lower scores. Now let's get to the pod. Sticks Golf Roundtable episode. What happened to Michelle Wee? So <laughs> that's that's what that's what this is about. We're talking about Michelle Wee. What happened? She was unbelievable as a youngster. She only won one major. She won, I think, five times on the LPGA tour. Definitely an unassuming career for a, a young girl with her talent level at such a young age. So let's get into it. What happened? What what, what were the good things? What were the bad things? Rip it. Yeah, I, I just want to start off by kind of reminding people what an absolute phenom she was. We talk a lot about Tiger and how he did things that no, that no one else will ever do again. I mean, you could actually make similar arguments for some of the things Michelle Wee did. She was absolutely insane, especially when it comes to competing as a young teenage girl against grown men. Um, she did some unbelievable things in the US um, USGA scene against the men as well as um, in a few PJ tour events. So yeah, just getting started right off the bat. I mean, you know, we'll just riff through a couple things here, but at age 10, she became the youngest uh, person ever to qualify for an adult USGA championship. She qualifies for the U S women's publics at 11. She wins the Hawaii women's amateur and advances to advances to match play at the women's U S women's publics. Age 12 wins the Hawaii Women's Open by 13 shots and becomes the youngest ever player to qualify for an LPGA event. This was all by age 12. What did, what did you guys done by age 12? <laughs> That's so I hadn't dumb. started playing golf yet. <laughs> That's right. so dumb, man. I love I literally hadn't the, started playing golf yet. I started playing golf when I was like 12 or 13. Right. I love the uh, at 11 wins the high, Hawaii Women's Am and at 12, not only wins the Hawaii Women's Open, but wins by 13, just <laughs> whooping up on grown women. Wins by uh, one more than her age. Right. <laughs> Think about that. Well, She's probably the only person that could ever say that. 
I'm pretty sure go did her, by one more than her age. Her mom won like a U.S. Women's Amateur or something. She won the right? South Korean Women's Am. Yep. There you go. Michelle okay. was born in Hawaii. Both of her parents immigrated from uh, South Korea, so she actually held dual citizenship with with South Korea. Um, oh, yeah. I saw she renounced that uh, South Korean uh, designation, or or um, I'm not sure why. You just have to anyway. like, renew it, and she don't, yeah. it just goes away. She's like, I don't so feel like happens. filling out the paperwork. Yeah. Okay, so those things are all nuts, but they're really mostly just what she was doing against the women in Hawaii golf, right? Um, this is where it gets absolutely bonkers. Age 13, she makes the cut in a LPGA major, the Kraft Nabisco, yep. and plays in the final group. Her 66 in the third round is still the lowest round ever for an amateur in a major. She was 13. Um, she didn't win though, right? Didn't she? No, she she had a poor final round. But yeah, that's what I thought. She's playing in the final group of a no, major. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not trying to knock her. I oh no, I know. I know. Yeah, I was just. No, I know. How did she get in yeah. the field? Uh, I don't know. Exemption. Sponsors exemption into the major. Yeah, because she was that fucking good. I'm like seventy percent sure, eighty percent. Qual- sure. She qualified for some of these, you know, professional events, and she was given sponsors exemption. She was definitely given others. some exemptions. Um, that same year, she also wins the U.S. Women's Public Links, becoming the youngest ever male or female to win an adult USGA event. 13 years old, wins the U.S. Women's Public Links. And you know there was plenty of great college talent there and, and probably some good mid-ams. Um, oh, by the way, makes the cut at the U.S. Women's Open that same summer, youngest to ever do so. This is before her 14th birthday. <laughs> At 14, maybe the coolest thing she ever did, um, sponsors exemption into the Sony Open on the PJ Tour. Her second round, 68, remains the lowest ever score by a woman in a PJ Tour event. She missed the cut by just one. This is a 14-year-old girl. Misses the cut in a PJ Tour event by one shot. She With almost 68? played the weekend. She went 72-68. She she beat 47 tour players, including four major winners, tied 15 other players, including three major winners. You want to hear a few names of those she beat? Yes, please. Uh, this guy, remember, this is 2004. So remember who was hot around 2004. She beat Adam Scott by three. Yeah, he was definitely she- surfing all week. <laughs> okay, come on. She beat, she beat Matt Kuchar. She beat Zach Johnson. She beat Hunter Mahan. She tied Darren Clark and tied Jim Furyk. These are guys that were at the top of their game in the early 2000s. Who won that week? She's a 14-year-old girl. Um, uh, Ernie Els. Ernie Els won. Yep. Good job, Ernie. You beat yep. a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, guys. Like That's, that's unbelievable to me. You, you think about... Um, a 14 year old boy doing the same thing. Yeah, that's we would insane. be, we would be all struck by that. Right. Dude, that's, that's not, I mean, I, I'm kind of thinking back to like, remember that kid from like Taiwan or something that played in the masters when he was like 14 years old, like gun, gun, something. Mm, some remember, gun. Remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that, like that oh. to me is sort of like the same thing. Like he was 14 or 15 years old. He had won the Asian amateur yeah, that yeah. got you into the masters and his swing was way too big for him. Like he hadn't grown into it yet, but was still like kind of getting it around Augusta. 
Like I, I, it's pretty amazing. It's yeah. Amazing. Good segue into the masters. One other quick note. Um, you know, this wasn't just a complete fluke. The following year, she, she went on to miss the cut at the John Deere by just two shots. Um, so if you, you know, some might say, well, I was in Hawaii and I don't know. I, I don't even know if she played that course a lot growing up, but you know, maybe it was just the home cooking. Maybe it was one, one fluky thing. No, like she traveled to Iowa the following year and again, almost made the cut on the Iowa PGA tour. To John Deere um, so, okay. So speaking of the masters, she actually had a really interesting quote on 60 minutes. Um, she did, she says, quote, I think my ultimate goal is this is in 2004. She's 14 years old being interviewed on 60 minutes. I think my ultimate goal is to play in the masters. I think it'd be pretty neat walking down the masters fairways, um, which is just a, a, a ridiculous thing to say for a 14 year old girl. Right. But she almost did it. She goes to the U S men's public links, which at the time, oh. you know, obviously that doesn't exist anymore, but at the time, the winner of that, just like the U S mid am and the U S am the winner gets an invitation to the masters. She co medals, you know, again, at this time, she's a 15 year old girl. She's playing against men's college players among others. She co medals at her qualifier and then makes match play and advances through to the quarterfinals. So she was three <laughs> match wins away from playing at Augusta as a 15 year old. Imagine girl. losing. You think those old waspy year old girl? You think those old waspy dudes at, uh, at Augusta back then would have let her play even if she'd gotten in? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, think? I have no choice. Yeah. I mean, I hope they would because that would have been awesome. If they wouldn't, that would have been an absolute shit. It would have been a shit, shit show. You know what I just realized too? I think that was before the whole PR storm where kind of they kind of ended up us, yeah. allowing yeah. uh Condoleezza, yeah. Yeah, women to become members. So gosh. So that would have been that would have been could have qualified before they even had before they even had a woman a woman Dude, member. That could have been groundbreaking. Um just incredible. Wow. Just incredible. So at this point, guys, you're thinking, you know, with these kinds of accomplishments, it's like, you know, and remember, this is the era of Tiger Mania, right? And it just looked like here's our women's or, our, our, you know, the women's version of Tiger Woods. Like, it just felt like that's where we were headed with this. I mean, she was accomplishing things at 13, 14, 15. There's no reason you wouldn't think that. Um, week before her 16th birthday. She turns pro, signs a deal with Nike, another deal with Sony, both reportedly, you know, over $10 million a year. Big dollar. Um, and, you know, she had mild success as a teenager. Um, she never, she, the LPGA had a rule where you, you had to be 18 to officially be a member. Now you could appeal it, but she actually chose not to appeal and to just play in a certain number of sponsors invite type of tournaments rather than go full-time on the tour because she knew she wanted to get a college degree it was always she never wavered on that she always wanted to go to college regardless of where her golf game was um so she you know she played professionally at age 16 17 18 before going to stanford but she deliberately was never an official member of the lpj tour during that time i I i have a comment and i hope that i don't steal this from you i hope you don't have this written down you're good but there is there was a rule back in the day. I don't know if it's still a rule now, but there's an 88 rule where if you shot 88 on the PGA tour, the LPGA tour, any tour, and you weren't a member, you're barred for life. She withdrew 
at 14 over through like 12 holes. And that was a big deal back then. Like it was a big like thing in the media that she just like bailed out when she was totally going to shoot 88. Barred for life? Yeah. Some crazy old school rule. If you had like an injury and the weather was bad. And what? I'm just telling you what I read. Oh, yeah. Thought it was interesting. That's a great rule. Isn't it though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's harsh. Trey's like, ooh, I like that. <laughs> Isn't it though? Because it's kind of like that at like you US Open US qualifier, US Ham yeah. qualifiers. Yeah. If you shoot in the 90s and like there's a specific well there yeah there's a specific rule the usga has where if you shoot i believe it's um if you average 10 whether it's one round or two round if you're 10 strokes over the course rating then you have to wait you're not like barred for life but you have to um you won't get in the next year yeah yeah and you have to like maybe go through some sort of process to, you know, have, your pro, have your pro and- have your pro verify your handicap and whatnot. Fair. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was interesting. I was like, I mean, she could have lost it all. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that she would have lost it all. But no. I just, yeah, no. But like, I just thought it was funny. Um, you know, so she, she had, she did, had some mild success, some close calls, um, so a couple top fives and majors. She, she ends up, Going to Stanford, you know, probably around age 18, I assume. And while attending Stanford, she won two LPGA events. The first one was in 2009, um, Lorena Ochoa Invitational, and then the Canadian Women's Open in 2010. So at this point, it's still looking like, oh, my gosh, imagine what this girl's going to do when she's done with school and can focus 100% on golf. Um, But we have to wait. A full four years for her next win. Um, so you know, this was really when injuries started to creep up. Injuries started to creep up her wrists. Um, and basically she just stopped being that dominant force we thought she might be. Is is that why she started doing this? I think she battled, yeah. Trey's uh emulating her putting stance. She used uh, you could probably most easily visualize it from her U.S. Women's Open win at Pinehurst. Tabletop. She, she was doing her best impression of all the greens at Pinehurst. <laughs> she goes, you know, if I become she the worked, green. It worked, man. Everybody work. should do that. It I worked. Think she, real I think she, flat. Yeah, I think she had some debilitating yips. And she said she came up with that on her own. She was just trying all sorts of things and <laughs> hunching straight over the ball at a 90-degree angle somehow. She worked. also, I, I saw like a funny little like little tidbit about that is that she never actually knew what it looked like when she did that until she saw it like on like a jumbotron of her like tapping in. She's like, that's what I look like. I look like that. I'm bent over that much. Oh, my yeah. God. It's kind of funny. So, yeah, I mean, we just kind of alluded to it. You know, 2014 seems she's having a resurgence. She wins. uh, She beats Angela Stanford in a regular LPGA event and then wins the U.S. Women's Open, which is really the coronation of her career. turned out to be the the peak of her career as she just announced her retirement last week. Um, You know, and I think at that point you're thinking, okay, a couple bumps in the road, but maybe we'll see, you know, Michelle, we really, really grow into who we thought she was going to be. That was that was not to be. Um, we waited another four years until her next win at the HSBC Women's World Championship. And then she never won again. And sadly, she has said she's calling it quits for now. She's not saying she'll never 
play regularly professionally again, but it really seems she's got a lot of other interests on the table. Um, she's got a lot of other exciting things going on with Nike and she's, I saw she's part owner in like three different uh, brands kind of all tied into fitness. And um, well, I know she's doing some broadcasting with golf yep, channel with CBS and she just had a, she got married. She had a kid. Right. So, I mean, it's just bizarre. You know, the, the whole point of running down what she did as, as a, as an adolescent um, is not to uh, certainly not to disparage her for not living up to those expectations, but just to say, wow, let's not forget how incredible she was at that time. And, you know, maybe there's some lessons learned in here. I, I can't help but think that maybe chasing the men and all those events was, uh, you know, why not dominate the ladies play more of the ladies events? Crush women. Um, yeah. Yeah. Crush them all. I, I, um, I, 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 that was one of my big points and why I think that she never got to the level that I think people expect her to is that kind of throughout the, like the early two thousands, like, or I, mean, I guess like, yeah, like I guess mid to late two thousands, like 2004 to 2008, she was still trying to play men's PJ tour events. Like when mm-hmm. she was firmly on the LPGA tour. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the right idea. I don't yeah, and Annika, you know, Annika played in her one PJ tour event and they asked exactly. her if she wanted to do more. Um, and she said specifically said no because she's like, it was a totally different kind of prep. It was a totally different kind of experience. You know, if I want to continue to succeed on the LPJ tour, I need to be prepping for and thinking about LPGA style play, LPGA courses. So, you know, Annika right there kind of told you, hey. I don't think, you know, while it was a great experience and she doesn't regret it, certainly, you know, she said it, it wasn't helpful to um, adding to her success in the women's game. Yeah. And um, was the U.S. Open at Pinehurst for the women be- right before the men or right after? After. After, after I think. Right? It was the week after, I believe. So, yeah. little, 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 little theory back in the brain here. Um gets like kind of somewhat used to watching dudes play golf, obviously like kind of growing up and like whatever. I bet you watching that U S open for the men the week before on that golf course gave her like a little bit of a, okay. So that's like, I'm trying to hit golf shots like these guys. Cause I, when I watch her swing a golf club, I think that she's just trying to ground and pound. Like a lot of the young men are on the PGA tour. So I think her game actually somewhat more aligns with like dudes than it does a lot of the women on the LPGA tour. So I bet you watching the guys play the week before helped her out a lot. She actually said, and uh, there's a cool like 30 minute piece the USGA did about her win where she's interviewed throughout. And she said, she talked to Ricky Fowler, you know, a couple of times throughout her week. Um, you know, he had just been there and um, you know, that he kind of gave her some little tidbits and pieces of advice. She, she probably was hitting it. <laughs> About Boom. the same distance. Boom. Well, no, she's not as long as Ricky, but oh, don't, um, don't, 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 say <laughs> don't you dare say that. I'm just kidding, but yeah, I, I think there's definitely something to that. Oh yeah, um, I also think that like if you're that good as like a young kid, and I think we kind of can go back to like maybe if anyone's watched the Tiger documentary. They're like, there's no way she wasn't just getting absolutely pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed by her parents. And I think that a lot of the injuries that it came out like later in her life definitely stemmed from just hitting ball after ball after ball after ball after ball after ball after ball, after ball when you're like, when she was a young kid. 
I have no information to back that up. That yeah. is just a theory that's in my brain. But like, I think that that holds some water. I think that could be it. And then also just, I think Michelle has always struck me as someone that's not, I've heard her kind of talk about, allude to this in interviews. She's not as, she was never as hyper-focused, 100% focused on golf like Tiger Woods was or like yeah. some other. Well, it's hard uh, I mean, she's always had other interests. And the fact that she, I mean, look, at 16, she could have just said, golf's my life. I'm going on the LPJ tour. She had that opportunity. Um, and she went forward with going to college and going to Stanford. So um, it was her decision. She said she doesn't regret it. She said she really appreciates the time she had in school and wouldn't change anything. And, you know, so I don't know if her story is that of a cautionary tale or maybe it's a mixture it of a cautionary tale, but also like she did what she wanted to do at the time. And, and, you know, she's happy with her decisions and content with her decisions. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a cautionary tale at all. I think she had an awesome career and it just didn't go to the extent of what a lot of other people thought. And it happens a lot. Like it happens a ton. I mean, if we've gone back and forth on another round table topic, which is USAM winners that are, you just haven't heard of again. Mm -hmm. So I, I, again, it's a bit of a stretch to try and compare Michelle. We to like Stephen Fox, but exactly what I was thinking of. (laughs) Was it really? No way. It was not. That's great. But, uh, but like it does happen a lot. And again, there's a characteristic, a characteristic that Michelle Wee has that a lot of those guys have, and it's not being like a naturally good putter, Mm. like being a naturally gifted, good putter and like not going through changes where you've got to bend over or like going arm lock or like things like if you can like actually like naturally throughout your life, like keep a stroke and like actually make putts. I think that extends your longevity as a professional athlete or as a professional golfer. And also it just, it just helps you win. Cause like if you're fighting the flat stick, the flat sticks, almost half of your strokes on a round of golf, it's kind of tough to like, you know, play well when like you've got one of your most important bats, just always kind of battling against you. And it almost, because if you, when you hit it as good as she does, you're always going to be there. If you're putting bad, it's like constant. Dude, if only I putted better, if only I putted better every day, every week. It's like missing just constant layups. It's like you're right there. And then because your ball striking just puts you there and you have that expectation. You're going to make all these putts and you just don't. It's probably wears on you after a while. I would agree. I would definitely agree. But yeah, I mean, I think she was, she's still a staple in the LPGA game. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. nobody that watches LPGA tour that doesn't know who Michelle Wee is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she still made an incredible impact and she still will continue to make a great impact. I think she's an awesome ambassador for the game. Um, and I think she's living a great life. She lives with, you know, her husband, Johnny West in, in San Francisco, they got a young daughter and they do all kinds of cool shit. It seems like from following her on Instagram. So good for her. Yeah. Do you think that she looks back at her career and says, I'm happy with what I accomplished? With a major and five wins or four wins in a major? I'm sure there has to be some level of disappointment that she didn't reach the levels that we all thought she would. Yeah. But she does seem overall con- just content with her with her choices and, and her life. And hey, we all wish we had more, but I think I think she's she's fairly happy. Yeah. Well, and I'm happy for her to be happy. 
right. Any well, other I mean, any other last 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 I mean, thoughts was, on on what she could have done differently? I I, I happen I, I to notice she, in in one of the pictures when um when I was doing a little research the uh, David Ledbetter school on her like hat or whatever. I was just thinking about how many. <laughs> How many yeah, how promising many young players went through went through to? went through Ledbetter that just kind of flamed out? Um. But I feel like Ledbetter wasn't her only swing instructor. Like she worked with McLean as well. Like I think there was definitely like a constant like tinkering to try and figure it out. Which that can only I mean, unless your name is Tiger Woods, that shit doesn't work. She also He's went the- through a, a lot of caddy turnover. Um, so maybe yeah. that's just uh, you know maybe that's just part of why things didn't work out yeah yeah she just didn't have enough stability that's a double-edged sword because like yeah if you have those expectations and you're not having immediate success you're quick to change stuff then it's kind of a lack of trust which you know that's just kind of how it goes it's kind of the exact those those kind of things follow each other around sure constant change in caddy and swing coach follows bagged off yeah i mean can you guys think of like a guy that or a guy or girl that had a just major swing change and came back like way better than they were before besides Tiger Woods. Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar. Who did, wait, I'm, I'm He aware. used to swing like this when he won the USAM. Okay. And now he swings like this. And he just like totally went flat. Look at his, Google his golf swing college. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do that after. And he, and he like made like a conscious decision to like go super really? flat. Yeah. Can you name another one? It's almost like he went from more of a textbook swing to more of a natural swing, like what he felt like swinging. Like, would you yeah. agree with that, Trey? Yeah, for I sure. Mean, I can't, I'm, I'm trying to think. Oh, I can tell you one that went bad was Sean O'Hare. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I got one that went bad. Uh, Hunter Mahan. Hunter Mahan. I don't know. I just think Oof. that fiddling with stuff, like fiddling with lots of shit, just like turns bad. Everything went south for Mayhan when he lost to 14 year old Michelle Wee at the Sony Open. <laughs> Didn't it? Wow, that's so funny. Well, I think actually, I think it all went bad for uh, Hunter Man when he pissed away the Ryder Cup. Well. <laughs> that's actually more accurate. <laughs> I think it was just when he chili dipped a, <laughs> one of the easiest chips in the country just in front of everybody, just, uh, every golf fan imaginable, and lost the Ryder said, Cup. I'll, I've done enough of this in my life. <laughs> yeah. And then he got the and then he got the dreaded shanks. Do you guys remember the 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 Hunter Mayhan like the just the cold shank at, in uh, Arizona? It was in Texas. It was Arizona. Yeah, it was yeah. Arizona. Yeah, it was just the worst. Oh my goodness, thing he shanked it. I, lo- I love the in the announcers. Oh 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 no, he has shanked it. Oh, they oh, kind of no. whisper about it always. Um. All right. Well, I think that's all we got on Michelle Lee. Honestly, yeah. I think that her. I, I I think that things could have gotten a lot worse. To be quite honest. She got a major. Actually, I think the fact that she won a major really helps a lot. Because if she had gone her yeah. entire career and didn't win a major, that's tough. Because she, she was actually, that girl. She actually said in her interview last week when she announced that she would be stepping away, she said, this is made a lot easier by the fact that I did win my U.S. Women's Open. Uh, I feel like I would still be chasing that that elusive major if I hadn't had it. So yeah, that was a big deal to put a bow on her career. And um, it's funny you just said that, Tom. I never really thought about like it could have been a lot worse. We've seen crash and burn examples, you know, where a child prodigy not only doesn't reach your expectations, but it actually goes really hard south, right? Um, you that think, could be in think any of Norman. Sport. 
Think of Norman Zhang. Callaway paid yeah. that man so much money right out of college, and he is yeah. struggling on the mini tours right now. Yeah. Yeah. Is he, so, the, is he on the Corn Ferry tour? Right no. He not, does not have a Corn Ferry status. He's doing Mondays for a Corn Ferry. Oops. Yeah. Tough. So at least she did, you know, maintain her level of play as well as she did for, for an extended period of time. She made plenty of money on endorsements. She's parlayed it into TV gigs and all that good stuff. So yeah, it, I never really thought about that way, but uh, it could have been, could have been a lot worse. Could have been a sad story. So I'm glad, you know, she could've made it worse. what she could. Could have been way yep. worse. Now she's got a kid. She's chilling. Michelle Wee could have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we're ending. Goodbye folks. Yep. That's a wrap. Uh,